As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Medic to Medic Podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Steve Cohen. I'm a paramedic with over 34 years of experience. Today, I want to welcome my guest, Greg Edwards. Greg Edwards is a paramedic at Carrier EMS. Greg, welcome to Medic to Medic. Thanks, Steve. I'm glad you could join me today. So, what I'd like to do is start way, way, way back. When, where did you grow up? I started growing up in Cary when I was 10. We moved to Apex, and I now live in Raleigh. Wow. And... So, what was your interest when you were growing up? Outdoors. Like what? I liked being outdoors. We went camping a lot. Um, We were into, uh, I guess, agriculture, gardening a lot. My my dad grew up as a farmer, and uh, he instilled that in us. We still visited the farm when we were little kids. A tractor is the first thing that I drove. Um, so really being outdoors was, uh, was big to me. I I don't think that that, uh, got instilled so much into my sister. I think she didn't love that quite as much, but I think that, uh, that stuck with me. I still enjoy being out outdoors and, uh, I still enjoy gardening and, uh, and I like having a job where I can be outdoors. So tell me about your family. Um, I have one sister, she's older, mom and dad, uh, they still, mom and dad still live in, in Apex, um, they're both retired, um, my sister lives, uh, just outside of Raleigh, really just about 15 minutes away from me, so we're, we're all still close together, dad is from Jacksonville, North Carolina, and still has family there, mom's from Durham, and, uh, still has some family there. And you're married? I am married. A beautiful wife, two kids that keep me on my toes. Yeah. And how about a dog? We do have a little dog. Yeah. Um, he's a little 86-pound German Shepherd named Admiral. 
He keeps me on my toes and the kids on their toes. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, uh, I became a, a, a dog person just a few years ago, and Mandy, my golden retriever, um, keeps me on my toes, but she's my favorite. Yeah. She, she, she is my favorite. So, what sparked your interest in emergency medical services? Where was that moment that came to you and said, wow, this is what I really want to do? You know, most most medics around my age, uh, I think, would say that the TV show Emergency is a big uh, contributor to their interest in EMS, and I, I would say that, that that's probably true for me also in that it it, it probably helped direct or, or grow an interest that probably was already there. I think that that seed had been planted already and I didn't even know uh, what it was. You mentioned where where I kind of grew up. I, I grew up at the end of a very long dirt road, somewhat isolated, um, no street lights. It was always dark at night, and it was right next to a highway. Uh, the highway was US-1, and it wasn't exactly the four-lane, big, bustling highway uh, then that it is now. And that particular stretch of the highway, I now learned, you know, years later I learned that it was referred to as the death trap, the part of the highway where it was just kind of a long, dark stretch and there were a lot of motor vehicle accidents. And I was a kid, I didn't really comprehend what was going on exactly, but I would hear the accidents and I would go sit at the hill, the crest of the hill, looking down at the lights flashing and I really couldn't make out anything, but I seemed to be mesmerized uh, by those lights and wondering, you know, what's going on down there. Um, I remember riding by the rescue squad building and looking at it and kind of wondering, you know, what do they do? You don't ever see activity at the station. There's just trucks sitting in a bay, and that's it. So you always wonder, you know, what, what do they do? So you never thought about knocking on the door? Or did you knock on that door? No, no. No, I was I was shy. I was a shock. kid. No, you weren't shy. No, yeah, I was. I was shy. I'm shy now. I'm very shy. Okay, well, we'll, we'll <laughs> just say, Greg, you're not shy. Um, Greg and I have been together for 14 years working at Cary Air EMS, and uh, I can tell you he is not shy. And he has such a great rapport with patients, which we will talk about uh, further down the line in this podcast, but he's definitely not shy. Uh, maybe not. Not as shy now. Uh, I was, I would, that would have been too much. I would not have ever thought about stopping and talking to somebody. But I was young, so it didn't, you know, I thought, well, I'm too young. I can't do anything anyway. So were you in high school? <clears throat> before high school. Before high school? Yeah. yeah, it was before high school. Then there was finally a day where... Um, my dad actually needed an ambulance, and I had taken first aid classes. I knew that I was interested in that, um, but he he hurt his back. He was he threw some accelerant on a brush pile, and bees flew out. And he turned to run away, and he slipped. He twisted his his back. He went in the house and he laid down on the bed, which is of course you know I now know that was a terrible mistake. Um, his muscles tightened up. And he just couldn't get out of bed. He finally was just laying there shivering uh, and, and in pain. And, and of course, he had to pee because that's exactly what would happen. So we had to call an ambulance. 
I was nervous. I remember being nervous. Did you call 911 or was it a seven-digit number? It was, I don't know. Mom called. I don't, I don't remember. Okay. It could have been a seven-digit number. I'm not sure. So the ambulance showed up. Two guys came in the house. They were very nice to my dad. And they said, we have to backboard you. Is that Apex EMS? It was Apex. Oh, okay. With a Wake County EMS employee mm-hmm. uh, as the paramedic. Um, so they backboarded him. I didn't, and, you know, I didn't, didn't know what all that was about. Um, and, you know, even today, I think probably maybe that might have been the best way of getting him off of that bed. He was so locked up at that point. And they transported him to Wake Med Raleigh. That was a long drive from Apex to Wake Raleigh, but there weren't as many hospital choices then as there are now, and Dad worked at Wake Med. And he said, you know, I'm an employee there. I want to go there. So I rode in the front of the ambulance, and Mom drove with my sister. And I remember the driver being so nice to me, and I was scared, and I didn't know what to say. I wasn't much of a conversationalist then. So hard to believe. <laughs> and I remember saying, you know, it was a dirt road. I, I said, you know, the road's smoother over here. And he would he would drive the truck over there. And I'd say, okay, it's smoother over there now. And he'd drive the truck over there. Absolutely no difference in the bumps. It's a dirt road. A hundred percent of it's mm. dirt. <laughs> so he was, he was very nice. And I don't remember a whole lot else. Um about the crew, we went to Wake Med Raleigh, and I don't really remember that much about the care. Dad went to x-ray. He was fine. It was his muscle. He got a muscle relaxer. We, we came home, and then years later, ended up joining Apex EMS. Yeah, we'll get to that in a few minutes, a few seconds. I, I just want to interject that it's, it's kind of interesting how we're very similar in a lot of ways, and your introduction to EMS by your dad, that's how I got involved in EMS. My dad had a heart attack, and he was in the hospital. His orderly at the time was an EMT, and again, same influence of emergency. One thing led to another, and here I am today. So it's kind of interesting on how very similar paths, emergency, dads, and then all of a sudden you start volunteering at an ambulance service. So, tell me about that first time you went into Apex to say, I want to volunteer. One of their members was working with me. Uh, I was working at a retail store, and uh, I was going to school. I was studying computers. I hated it. I had reached a point with it where I, I didn't want to study the computers anymore. I was done. But I didn't know what I was going to do next. I knew I needed to do something and I thought, well, what's the one thing that I've ever taken a class about that I enjoyed the most? And it was the EMT class, you know. I took a first aid class in middle school, and I loved it. It was my most fun class ever. And so I decided to take an EMT class. I took that. I was in love the first night, and I finished it. And I had my EMT, and now here I am working with somebody that's volunteering at Apex EMS, and she finds out that I had done the EMT class. So she started recruiting she me. She started recruiting you. Yeah. New volunteer. Yes. So she she brought me up for membership, and, and they voted me in. Um, and and what, that's where it kind of started. Was Chief Winstead the... Nikki Winstead was the chief? 
No, his son, Greg. Oh, oh Greg. Greg was the chief. Nikki had been the chief. Um, but Greg was the acting chief then. Hmm. Um, Nikki soon became like the paid administrator. Okay. And, and Greg remained the volunteer chief with, you know, delegation of duties. But it was pretty timely. Um, I had put it off and put it off. Again, a little nervous, not sure exactly what what it would be like. And they voted me in a month after the airplane crash in Morrisville. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was an eagle crash. Eagle, yeah. yeah. Several lives lost and several people still alive. And I'm pretty sure... You know, I, I believe that everything happens for a reason, and I, I'm pretty sure if I had not been hesitant, if I had gotten into Apex EMS before that call, I don't know if I'd still be here. Why do you say that? It was a horrific scene. Um, they had a, a few pictures of the scene, and they talked about it, and of course there was a debrief. Um, and the senior members there that went, it, it was pretty horrifying to them. Their stories of it, I, I still remember them talking, which was the, their cathartic way of dealing with it. Um, and I, I don't know, you know, I was pretty young. I think if I had been interjected into that that scene, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure you would have been, been here today. Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. Wow. Because so, I, I'm sure during your career, you've been on some horrific scenes and yeah. had to deal with all kinds of, besides the patients, the family, and... Actually, see management. So, wow, that's that's, that's interesting insight. That uh, that might have just been a game changer for you. Um, so, do you remember your first call? I do. I wasn't technically a member of a rescue squad yet. I was still going to school. I was sitting in my car, eating lunch. I'm pretty sure. Um, I had. I was taking, I was still taking the EMT basic class, and I looked up, and on on Highway 401 in front of the the campus, I saw a car just careening through the air. I don't recall ever seeing it on the roadway, I just recall looking up and seeing it in the air, and it was turning over and over and spinning, and then it hit a tree, and then it fell to the ground. And, you know, by, by anybody's standards, that's bad. Um, so I, I thought, well, I've, I've got to go over there and see if I can help. So I, I ran over, you know, I smoked back then, so I didn't run well, but I, I ran over. Um, I saw a white car. It was, it was a, a small passenger car. And it was it was pretty well destroyed up up into that tree, and there was a girl laying on the on the ground next to it. You know, today with you know the experience I have now, certainly I would have addressed that situation very differently than than I did then. But I addressed it just like you know any bystander you know would have that thought they could help. I went up to the girl, and she looked perfectly fine, except she looked perfectly asleep. Hmm. And she was face up. She was young. She looked like she was in her early 20s, and I later found out she was 22. 
and she was very attractive. I just thought, God, this is just a a really pretty girl laying here, and she looks like she's asleep, but she's not waking up. And there were bystanders. There were four or five. They were standing in a line, shoulder to shoulder. And that's the first time, and I've, I've sensed it since then, but it was the first time that I felt that feeling of people staring at me, you know, when they're behind you, and you can't really see them, but you feel them. And I remember turning around and looking at them because I could feel them. And they were doing nothing but staring at me. Mm. And that was the first time I felt that pressure that paramedics do feel when there's people there that don't know what to do and they are hoping or expecting you to know what to do and do something now. Well, I didn't really know what to do. I was still in EMT class and I was young and I was scared. And... So I didn't know. I checked for a pulse. And in my mind, I was pretty well deciding that she didn't have a pulse. And I still wasn't really, really sure what to do, but I thought that she needed CPR. Um, And about that time, a guy came running across the highway. And he slid into home plate right at her head, right on his knees. And he said his name, and he said, I'm an EMT intermediate with... Fuquay Verena Rescue Squad. And wow. that was the best thing ever. That was the no better words have I ever heard. I said, I, I don't think I have a pulse. So we started CPR. He did airway and I did compressions. And on the first or second compression. So he was doing mouth to mouth? I had I had a mask. I had a bag. Oh wow. I had a bag. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I was in an EMT you, class. I needed, you. I needed a bag. I had a little yeah. bag, a little BP cuff and a stethoscope in that bag, too? I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. I don't remember, yeah. but yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I did a couple of compressions and, and blood shot out of her ear. Wow. And I stopped thinking, that's not good. And we talked about it, and he said, well, let's keep going until the ambulance gets here. So we did. Blood continued to squirt out of her ear. And not a little bit. It was a lot. And even though I didn't have a lot of training, I kind of knew if I'm pumping the blood out of her body, she's not going to live. So the ambulance got there, and and they took over. And uh, I remember standing up to walk away from doing compressions and falling back down. Oh, wow. So... That was the first time I'd ever had that much adrenaline going. And I remember the fireman. He picked me back up, and he walked me to a tree, and he sat me back down. And even though there was obviously a lot to do with the patient, I'll never forget that he took time for me. So, you know, that's one of those learning points in life that you take that with you, and I've never forgotten it. And I bet you that kind of more how you treat your patients today because uh, you know you and I have been on a whole bunch of calls and I just enjoy watching you interact with the patient taking care of the patient taking care of the family it could be and we've been in some sick patients we've had sick patients together and just how calm cool and how you're just managing you know your, your partner me uh, the family as well as the patient and you don't, you know, for me, you're never rattled. 
Hmm. You know, so uh, so I bet you that firefighter uh, had some kind of you know impact on on you um, and how you treat your patients today. So we fast forward a little bit. Um, you're on Apex EMS. You're you move up a chain. I remember you were an assistant chief. Uh, I remember. I don't know if you remember the first time we met. Do you remember? I do. Oh, okay. Uh, and you were wearing what? An apron. An apron and shorts. That's right. Yeah. Um, I was on a tour. I was here down here for my interview, and I was getting a tour, and we stopped at Apex EMS, and you were cooking in the kitchen with an apron and shorts on. I don't remember what you were cooking, but, uh, but yeah. Probably like banana pudding. Yeah, and I had no idea that you worked at Carrie EMS. Uh, and so, it was, yeah, that's the first time we met. Yeah, absolutely. So... So, did you always know you wanted to go to paramedic school? No. No? So, what drove you to go to paramedic school? After being on the ambulance, being an EMT, <coughs> excuse me, um, what drove you to go to uh, paramedic school? Well, you know, I think it was a pretty open field for me. I never really knew what I wanted to do. I knew that, I, I knew something about computers, and so I, I studied that because I felt like, that's what I sort of already knew, but it, it wasn't making me happy. Past that, I didn't know what to do, and I didn't know who to ask, and I didn't know how to figure it out. It, it's more something that I just landed into the middle of. If I had not met that coworker that pushed me to join Apex, I would have never learned exactly what this world is like. And, you know, then after I volunteered for a while, and it, it took me a while, it took me a long time. You know, Apex EMS didn't have a very large call volume back then, three or four hundred calls a year, and then you're just volunteering. So I, I didn't see a lot. It took a long time for me to be able to decide that this is what I wanted to do. But what, once I decided, I, I joined into the, the curriculum and... Uh, I did I did want to be a paramedic. I saw the differences between being an EMT and being the paramedic and I felt like I could do it. I felt like it was the right thing for me and I've never felt any differently. You found um, your calling. And I think some people don't ever and I'm I'm sorry for them. And I I think I have I did all right, so go through the paramedic curriculum, get the state certification. Uh, now you say you're going to do this full-time, and how do you choose Cary Air EMS? Back then it was Cary Rescue Squad. Um, so how did you, was it a job opening? I mean, just tell me, do you know anybody at Cary? How would you connect? Yeah. And what made you decide to come to Cary? I knew I didn't want to leave the area. Wherever I ended up working, I didn't want to leave the area. I worked at the hospital at night in registration because Tammy Patton trained me for the job before I was hired, so I'd already be trained, and then I just took her job. But that was my way of getting through school. But doing that helped me meet a lot of people that influenced my path, and a lot of them were from Cary. Is there one person that really had that influence on you? I think that there was, 
you know, the, the, the small group of the senior staff at Cary. So Tammy, Marion, Deborah, Justine, Christian, those were kind of the, the faces of Cary. And maybe not one of them, but altogether them as a one. Um, and still today, we need them. You know, Carrie needs them. They, they, they are kind of the foundation now of, of what is Carrie. You know, they're the history. They are the living history, mm-hmm. the today history, and they're just as influential to me though today <laughs> as they were back then. Um, I don't really view myself um, much differently now than I, I was then. I still look up to them even though now I'm considered a senior member. You're part of the history. You're a big part of this organization. Um, You got hired in 2000 or 2001? 2000 part-time and then 2001 full-time. And that was, yeah, the schedule was totally different back then. Totally. I'm trying to remember, you were daylight? I was was a Tuesday through Friday or... In 10-hour days? Yeah. Right, and then on to B shift um, when we were all, when we had A, B, and C shift, uh, twenty four hours. Wow! Yeah. And tell me how on your first day at Cary EMS compared to what it is when you come to work today. Some of the differences, good, bad, indifferent. You know, I. I would say that it it was being being at Carrie's station wasn't that much different than being at Apex's. There were just ambulances in the bay, and there were paramedics running calls, and so that part of it was was fairly the same. The radio system was different. Uh, Carrie was on an 800 megahertz radio system, and no one else was. So uh, that was new and cool because you could private call uh, mm. radios, and that was fun because we didn't have cell phones back then. Right. So uh, Carrie had a rescue truck for you know a, a hot minute while I was here, and uh, and the command post. I remember the command post was the Winnebago, big old Winnebago parked out there and um, that thing was a beast Uh, so Carrie had more stuff I I remember that Carrie had more and cool stuff Um, there were more people here there were more volunteers Um, the schedule was different than Apex's it rotated differently but it was still a rotation and volunteers came in each night Um, there were social events and things were fun but the personnel running the calls, uh, though I was still learning them, they were all very professional acting. You know, they all treated patients. They all wanted to treat patients, and they all treated the patients really well. Um, it was what I thought it would be, and it it was nice to have landed here because this is where I wanted to end up. So what's different today? More people. Different people. There's been a lot of turnover. And uh, 
that does that causes change. New ideas, new ways of doing things. Pink shirts once a year. <laughs> <laughs> and pink shirts, yeah. Um, there are different thing, differences. There, there are differences. The n- dynamics between uh, staff change when you change personnel, but the core part of what makes Carrie Carrie astoundingly has not changed. That is true. So, you so far in your career, do you have a high moment that you? think about and say this this is one of the greatest moments I had in EMS and then think about do you have one that was the lowest moment that's like when you're at a dinner party and somebody finds out that you're a paramedic and they say oh what's the worst thing you've ever seen and that is just the worst question they could ever ask I, I don't I don't even know you know I just I answer that question by just picking a bad call and telling them I, I don't know um, how I would single out necessarily one call or moment being the, the greatest and one being the, the worst. Oh. I, I know that there's, you know, I, I really liked in the book Bringing Out the Dead where he, he makes the analogy to a call being a ghost. And, and he says... You have ghosts, and you do. And it's I, I think that those calls where you know they they somewhat haunt you. I, I think that they make you better, or they they prepare you to deal with it again in the future. Um, I, I know that. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.